0: You're listening to Kickin' the Panties, your weekly motivational podcast for
1: getting unstuck, recommitted, or newly engaged in a life worth living. Season two, this one's about love. I'm Becca Kelly, mama extraordinaire and
0: badass boss lady. And I'm Carol, dating coach with a brand new YouTube channel, Ask Carol
1: and Ashley. Are you ready for a swift kick in the panties?
0: (laughs) Dear Panty Kickers, I read this article that says that every person only has three loves in their life. What do you think? Michelle. Side note, Michelle is my sister, and she had sent me this article. By the way, this is Carolyn, just in
1: case you can't tell our voices apart by now. (laughs) What a weird thing to say for the first time ever right now. (laughs) Like 50 episodes in. (laughs) By the way, this is Carolyn. In case you missed it in the intro music we usually play, this is me.
0: Well, I can't even say anything because sometimes when I put our quotes up, I don't know which one, which of us said what, and I get you confused with myself. So... I know. There's that. So, fair warning. Fair warning. (laughs) Yes. Get to the point. So, my sister, uh, Michelle, sent me this article... And I sent it to Becca and we thought it would be cool for this uh, Q&A because the article basically says that you have three loves in your life. And the first love is like a young love, a puppy love, perhaps something that you might have had in high school where you're kind of just conforming to whatever you think a partner should be. And you're kind of just like going along with like, say, your boyfriend in high school is like, I love wrestling. And you're like, (laughs) I love wrestling too, which <laughs> is
1: that though. It's like which is literally you're... what I did. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, that was like my first like Stan. I guess I would I would consider Stan like my first like fake love, like puppy love oh, type yeah, of love. Definitely. Um, and I definitely pre- uh, pretended to like wrestling to just have conversations with him, but. It introduced me to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, which I will be forever grateful Ooh. for. Hello. That is that is the one plus of our relationship. Did Michelle
1: that... actually like wrestling? Oh yeah,
0: my sister Michelle, yes, she, she was, was really into loved it. Love Stone's Cold Steve Austin. Like oh, they yeah. actually, my mom would actually take her to like
1: wrestling shows and shit. But yeah, it was so. like The Rock back then. So we weren't we weren't all pretending but there's yeah, no. this other facet of it too which is like it it resembles you try to make it resemble what you've seen in movies and television and yes. in books, you know so mm-hmm. it's like you know it's you're like, looking for your prince charming you're right. the damsel in distress like exactly. you're you're playing out all of those old school scenarios <laughs>
0: it's so true yes so that's that's the first love and then the second love is like the love that really breaks your heart and it's dramatic and, you know, codependent and up and down and a roller coaster. And and you think it's like the best love of your life, but it's just like the love that you're supposed to basically learn all the lessons from. And then your third love is like the love of your life that creeps up on you and you didn't know it was coming, and this person didn't look right at first, but now that you've gotten to know them,, uh, they do look right. So those are the three
1: loves in a nutshell that we've we've talked about these like later loves too. And I think you know one of the things about that second love is like that it feels so much. you know, that you like your lows are really low, but your highs are really high. and so you're trying to figure that out and you're wanting it. To work, you're wanting to like ride the highs and get past the lows, but then you realize at some point that you can't, that like a function of the relationship is the up and down nature of it, the tension between the two. Mm -hmm. And then that last one, she also mentions the last one is the one where you really feel seen and safe and respected. And we've talked a lot about, you know, ending up in a relationship like that as well. Yes. This, yes. this article, by the way, is called We Only Fall in Love with Three People in Our Lifetime, Each One
0: for a Specific Reason. And it's on lovewhatmatters.com. So if you want to read the article, shoot over to lovewhatmatters.com and look that up. Um, yeah. But that's basically the gist of it.
1: Yes, that was the gist. And so this article was written by a woman named Kate Rose. And I don't want to be mean or snarky because we're not about that here. At kicking the panties, yeah, but, but, but <laughs> I did. <laughs> I I think it's a little kooky personally. I don't love it um, for reasons we will discuss in a moment. But mostly just because I feel like it's too limited. Yeah, and sometimes it's very simplistic. Try to distill, yeah, we try to distill it to three. Points. I mean, that's not going to fit everyone's experience, obviously. Like, and I do kind of think that varying degrees of love, your capacity for bringing love into your life. I think there's some people that have had 10 great loves in their lifetime. There's some people that have fallen in love 30 times. There's some people that only get it once, you know? Yeah, you know what I think about?
0: I kind of think about astrology and like your zodiac signs. It's like, yeah, it's pretty true, but you can pretty much make it fit your life. Like, you read it and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that could have been my first puppy love type love and then oh okay that was the love that like fucked right. me up and oh okay now this is the guy that I'm with so you can kind of like make it kind of fit your life like when you read your sure. astrology and you're like oh Aries of course I'm a leader duh right? Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aries would say that by the yeah. way okay so um, I thought she was a little woo woo so I, I did some research on her and I found this bio on her website and I'm going to read it to you so oh, yeah. Rose, I haven't heard this yet, so I'm I'm waited with bated breath. Okay. Perfect <laughs> that you said that. Is an artist, <laughs> free thinker, lover, writer, passionate yogi, mm. mother, rule breaker, mm. relationship coach, motivational speaker, and rebel. Oh. As a spiritual intuitive, she practices the religion of astrology and love. She can usually be found walking barefoot in the moonlight between worlds with the dreams of stars still hanging in her hair while swaying her (laughs) hips to the music of life, smelling of soft rain and sweet honeysuckle. She lives for adventure and wakes each morning with the excitement of a new day waiting to unfold at her feet. She truly believes the best is yet to come and waits with bated breath to see what it may hold.
0: With so are we really taking breath advice from indeed.
1: this lady? Yes, exactly. exactly. Walking
0: the honeysuckle fields. I like that.
1: Yeah, I know. She's, you know, just <laughs> wafting, wafting <laughs> smells of honeysuckle in this lady's life. Well, she's figured out love in three simple steps or whatever. So yeah. why not? That's pretty hilarious.
0: And, you know, we're not, we're not haters here at Kicking the Panties. But you got to admit that walking through the fields in moonlight and honeysuckle smells...
1: With it's stars dangling from your hair, yes, yeah. Yeah. stars. It's a lot. I mean, it's a, it's very romantic, and so I'm not surprised that this is her take. And in fact, right. there's a whole book. If you're intrigued by this, there's she wrote a book on it. Oh, is Yeah, because um, you know it's she believes, but I think personally, Michelle, I believe that um, there's there's more. <laughs> there's yeah, just yeah, be more variations. To yeah, the, that's a very simplistic.
0: Equation look at the loves in your life. And I guess that sometimes that helps to take a kind of simplistic look at something that's super complicated because sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need someone to kind of just break it down in simple terms and say that these are the three loves you'll encounter in your life. I think that it's more like the three stages you might be in your life, like in yeah, your or first... how you've
1: grown right. through, like how, how you've grown to be in relationships. I think right. that that's a better way to say it too. Right,
0: and it's kind of almost like the natural um, progression of things anyway, because of course, the first love of your life, you are just emulating what you've seen in your household, what you've seen in movies, and probably even more that what you've seen in movies, because that's that idealistic... Uh, romantic, once upon a time, they lived right. happily ever after type of shit where Becca's right, where like the prince comes in, saves you from your evil mother and father who won't let you go out past 10 o'clock on the weekends. And... Right.
1: <laughs> And like you have like no real stressors in your life, like right, exactly. you are not working or paying bills or taking right. care of yourself. So you can just kind of, you can just completely you know,
0: put your all into this relationship and everything becomes that much more dramatic because it's like you're in seventh grade or ninth grade or something and you're, you swear you're going to marry this person, but you don't even know who you are or they are.
1: Well, yeah, but you're also like exploring intimacy for the first time, you know, and that is like, there's nothing more exciting than that, than having those first, you know, hugs, those first handholdings, those first like mutterings of, yeah, you know, I like you, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. And so it can, it can really mess with your head. And I think like you take. The, as much as you can, you try to anchor yourself with something that like, quote unquote, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you grow out of that, you know, and right. you move into the next phase. Yeah, that's true. And I, I, I kind of remember, um, I was just thinking about how
0: much movies dramatize love and it's just like, the girl runs away, but the man chases her down. And, you know, tells her how much he re- she really means. And, like, I remember playing out that kind of same dumb shit. Like, I'm going to walk away. And he's going to follow me. Right. And he's going to tell me how much he loves me. And it's going to start raining. And we're going to make out. <laughs> you know, like, I think that that first love is where you're really trying to find your footing. And, like, you know, negotiating how vulnerable you want to be. And getting hurt. And
1: all that kind of stuff yeah, so. but it's not one love I mean like it's most true people date like between that you was know, 14 and whatever 20, 22 yeah 22 yeah 14 and 22 you're gonna date a lot you know yeah. and you're gonna really like a lot of people and you're gonna love some people too and you're gonna learn those lessons over and over again it's not like a one and done scenario right 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 and then I think the second thing is the second love is really a lot more about like really experimenting and trying to find out who you are mm-hmm. and then using someone as a foil for that. And so, right. you know, we talk all the time about setting boundaries, about knowing your limits, about trying to fit someone into your life in a way that is comfortable for you. And I think we can get there by blowing all that out with like really uncomfortable situations. You know, that's just kind of what yeah. you do naturally to to learn your um, heart center.
0: Yeah, that second one is kind of like the love that the way she describes it is pretty much like the loves that the love that breaks your heart terribly, basically, and just you that up and down roller coaster type of situation where you're describing it like, well, it's, it's great when it's good, but it's so terrible when it's bad. And I think that everyone has had a love like that, where you're talking to your friends, like, but it's good. It's amazing. But right. when it's bad, it's like soul crushing, and that is the love that you should learn lessons from and be able to take what you learn from them and apply it to your next thing. But I think that we also yeah, hopefully walk
1: away from eventually, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, oh, exactly. That's not the one you marry. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah.
0: Um. But I think that a lot of us have maybe one or I know I have two. Two people in my life who really were that person where I'd like really learned a lot from, even though it was like a soul crushing situation. I was like, right. aha, I see what I did there. Okay. Right. You got yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then the last one, I guess I, you know, I don't know, like it's kind of weird because as much as I'm complaining about this woman and her theory, like I definitely can say that for me, the last one does sort of accurately describe Mm -hmm. the relationship that I ended up in, which was that, you know, a friend, it was a friend of mine that I wasn't necessarily looking at in a romantic way. And so in that way, it did sneak up on me like I wasn't, I just wasn't really seeing it coming and then was pleasantly surprised at how well it fit and then just how comfortable and seen I felt. And then, you know, it just was like easy. Yeah. Um,
0: I think, I think that's true for a lot of people that they're the person that they end up with is not someone they would have envisioned ending up with necessarily. Like, I think that, for me, my, the middle love, like the second love that is like the roller coaster, those are two guys that if I would have just looked at them and went on like two dates back then, I would have been like, oh, yeah, these are the type of guys that I would have ended up with. Like they were, I don't know, I don't want to describe them, but they were just like a guy that I would look at and see and be like, I could be with that guy. Whereas right. Paul, I mean, A, he's white, and I would have never thought that I'd be with a white guy. B... It was just a situation Dang. where we were kind of just... Well, I mean, not like that. Not that there's anything wrong with white guys, <laughs> but... Beating
1: on Paul for being white. <laughs> yeah.
0: But that is a thing that I felt like I had to, like, not compromise, but kind of, like, accept. Because there is differences there, and we can go into that on a whole another show. We do not have time on this little Q&A <laughs> to get into, <laughs> to the, dig into that. the nuances <laughs> of interracial dating. However, right. uh, that is just not someone who I would have pictured myself with. How? But he ended up being—he can you know, take perfect. It.
1: He's, he's had a lot of white privilege, so he can take a little bit of—oh, he don't white care. criticism. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he doesn't care. I'm just—you know—I'm just saying, soften the blow for anybody else who's white out there that might be like, oh, what?
1: <laughs> I think they'll be fine. <laughs>
0: No, but it is kind of that, excuse me, there is that kind of thing that kind of the third love is something that sneaks up on you. And I know that for my sister, the guy that she's ending up with is someone that she would have never pictured herself with just because of where he was in his life. She thought that he would be more of like a mentor to her and and a friend rather than someone that she saw as someone that she would actually be with. Um, So I think that maybe a lot of times you kind of let your guard down. For people who you don't see as like this perfect, like, oh, my gosh, I'm definitely going to be with this person before you even know anything about
1: them. You kind of let your
0: guard down and you kind of like allow
1: yourself to be yourself. Right. You allow them in because you're not putting up a front trying to impress somebody.
0: Exactly. It's kind of like the person you don't really care about, I don't know, looking stupid in front of or maybe your hair is not perfect one day and you don't cancel the date. (laughs) It's like, fuck it, whatever.
1: He'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and then they might like that. They might make you appear more real to them. It might yeah. you know, make so, you appear like you you are willing to be vulnerable that you're gonna be, you know, an actual actually yourself. Yeah. You know? And then that's how like a real connection is is forged. Yeah. So moonlight flower lady, you are correct in that. Yeah. And I really, I see it. Uh, I do see it. I look back, you know, reading this, I was like, you know what? I did, You know, I, I can see examples of this in my life. But of course, you know, like I said before, it's just not enough. There's just a lot more nuance to being in love, to, you know, loving other people, to learning about yourself. I mean, this is yeah. like a 30-something year project we're on now, growing and right. learning and becoming adults. Like, it, it doesn't, three times doesn't cover it.
0: Yeah, and I think that if it was more specific um, more geared to maybe the stages you are in your life, because I can see it being like you're in, you know, you have three stages of love, perhaps. And the first is like something where you're kind of kind of trying to mold yourself into being what you think society expects from you or what you've seen in movies or what you want, what you think your partner expects of you. And then maybe your second stage is kind of like you and your partner both Butting heads over and over between boundaries and expectations and what you want and communication and all those things that you need to learn to have a successful relationship that maybe that second stage in life is when you're kind of working all that out. And then the third stage is when you're kind of more relaxed and it's like, oh,
1: sure of yourself. Yeah,
0: more sure of yourself and you're more willing to be who you really are. Um, And more willing to be like, "Uh, this is not what I want. This is what I want. And uh, be more clear on your values. And that way you find someone who is more of a match for you. So.
1: It's like teens, 20s, 30s.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I met Paul in my late 20s. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I met Emil when he was 24. And I always like, 24? Like, just did not seem... Yeah, I was 25 and he was 24. I was like, Wow, well, you know, could have been. We could have probably gone a couple more years in the dating market, but you know, when you when it's right, it's right. Yeah, and it's it's all good. Um, haven't had a problem yet.
0: And you know what? People start so young nowadays. Because I was just thinking, like, wow, 24. But at 24, I would have been dating and like having sex for 10 years. Right. Me so, too. not that you know anything at 14, but. That's a good
1: amount. I mean, you're, you're trying to learn something. Yeah. That. <laughs> you're trying to learn. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a good discussion. Thanks for sending that article in, Michelle. Folks, if you want to, you can um, DM us on Instagram. You can send us your questions. You can also send us articles to read and talk about. Um, we like that as a as a way to kind of investigate new material and spark mm-hmm. conversation. It's always, it's all helpful and we love to hear from you. So whatever you have to say, please don't hold it inside. Let it go. Let it out. Shout it Um, out. Yeah, why not? And for next week, we'll be back with a full-length episode called Weeding Out Duds in the Digital Era. Ooh. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. That is a good one. Swipe left, swipe left, swipe left. Mm, Maybe right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And for this week, this has been uh, Carolyn and Becca saying... There is something more and you
0: are not out of time to have your third and final love. (laughs) Right, moonflower, sun lady? Kicking the panties.